Welcome to the Druids Grove, where we discuss all things related to Druids, their history, current day practices, and how to build a deeper connection and relationship with the earth. I'm so glad you're here. If you find what I have to share helpful, please subscribe and share with others that may enjoy it, and check the show notes for more information. Come on in, relax for a bit, and I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Druid's Grove. Last episode we talked about the five senses and how we can use those in Druidry. And what I'd like to do now is do uh, one episode on each of the five senses. And I thought the first one that we would start with is the sense of sight or vision. So as we looked at earlier, our five senses are the way that we perceive the world and then which can lead to our ability to interpret the world around us. And our sense of sight is probably the most important sense that we have, but it's also most likely the most underrated or underappreciated sense that we have. And this is mostly because we really don't think about it that much. We, we really take our sense of sight uh, for granted. And we could say that we do take most of our senses for granted, but vision is probably the one that we utilize the most, but we think about and appreciate the least. And while we are able to see things and we appreciate their beauty, we may not be actually thinking specifically about our sense of sight when we are seeing things. We simply see them, perceive them, and interpret them, and it just becomes kind of a habit or second nature. And as we talked about in the episode on all of the senses, we use our sense of vision for for many reasons. And if we look at our sense of vision through the lens of druidry, and pun intended there, if you got that, uh, we can look at the ways that our sense of sight or vision can be used to deepen our connection to the natural world and to deepen our practice of druidry. So our sense of sight, like all of our senses, is very complex in how it works, and it's kind of mechanical and chemical uh, processes. And you know, we talked about it uh, last episode, but the biology of our visual system is, is kind of outside the scope of the purpose of this podcast. But even with about, without a background in biology, uh, we can appreciate the complexity of it. And we can develop a sense of appreciation and gratitude for the gift of sight. And kind of broadly speaking, our sense of sight or our sense of vision is not as acute or developed as many animals, but it does suit our human needs pretty well. So from a druid perspective, as druids, we can look at all beings and we can try to understand their sense of sight as well. We can look to animals, for instance. So animals and insects all have different types of vision. You know, we can think of insects that have multiple number of eyes or, you know, other animals and, and insects may only have two eyes. And if we look at kind of the uh, predator and prey aspect of nature, predatory animals that are hunters, if if you've never thought about this, it's pretty interesting, but predatory animals, usually their eyes are centered on the front of their head. So we can think of like wolves and cougars and bears and, you know, this kind of thing. Uh, What this does is it allows them to have a sense of vision that allows them to focus uh, on one thing in front of them for hunting and killing prey at various uh, depths of field. So they can see far off and they can focus on something far in the distance 
or if they are up close, something is close to them, they can focus on that. And if we look at um, the, the human body and the shape of the human head, our eyes are also on the front of our head. So, you know, this is also applicable for, for hunting and, and gathering food, um, you know, use of tools, this kind of thing. Um, but looking at animals, these animals need to be able to focus on a single point for an attack so they can survive. They need to be able to strike with precision so that they can hunt and, and, and continue to survive. But if we look at prey, um, uh, prey animals or, or kind of defensive animals, um, smaller animals that are typically uh, hunted um, and, and are kind of herbivores, I guess you could say, um, their eyes are usually on the side of their head or they are more spread out. And this is so that they can perceive movement around them and they can have a better chance to detect predators and to escape safely. And, you know, if we think about it, these adaptations have happened over millions of years. So it's really, it's really interesting to think how some animals, the shape of their skull and the function of their eyes change based on what they need to eat to survive or how they need to be more defensive to survive. So we can also look at different species and see how their sense of vision compares uh, in, in between uh, species. So, for instance, hunting birds like hawks and eagles they can perceive the slightest sense of, of, of movement of a, a tiny animal like a mouse, you know, while they're hundreds of feet up in the air. Um, but if we look at, like, for instance, a deer, um, hunters are frequently able to sneak up on a deer or an elk or other large animals by using camouflage and just moving slowly. So it's, it's interesting that Animals can perceive different things based on their necessary functions in the wild. And us humans, we have an odd sense of vision. We can perceive both movement, small movement, and color uh, very well. We can see large and small animals moving, but we can also uh, pick out the color of, for instance, a berry that's high up in a tree without moving. So we don't some animals hunt on movement. They may be, may see in like black and gray, but they detect movement very well. While other animals can perceive color very well, but they don't sense movement very well. And some animals are able to do both. And in humans, we've adapted that uh, trait to be able to kind of perceive both. And and one of the main theories behind this is that this ability for humans to perceive both color and movement. Uh, has allowed us to evolve to consume a, a variety in our diet. So from gathering plants and berries and fruits uh, to hunting animals. And so our sense of vision also, as, many, uh, as well as many other animals, um, has allowed us to, to uh, kind of keep adapting to different environments all over the earth so that we can obtain a variety of food necessary for survival. So if we kind of step back from the concept of the sense of cell, uh, vision or sight through uh, the perspective of survival, um, we can also use our sense of vision in other ways. So we can also use our vision to uh, just appreciate and see beauty in things. And this could be from appreciating the beauty of nature or art or even the beauty in another human being. And we can perceive and appreciate the beauty of a waterfall or a Van Gogh painting, or the face of our partner. We can see different shapes and colors. We see things at various depths of field, uh, you know, 
this this kind of allows us to have um, and and utilize our our small kind of finite motor skills, uh, you know, using our fingers uh, to focus on a, a, a very small, tiny thing close to us, like uh, pulling a tick off of our skin. Uh, or being able to focus at a distance, you know, in the old days to throw a spear at a deer or, or, or a large uh, animal for food. Um, or, you know, throwing a baseball at a target or whatever. Um, so we can focus close and we can focus far. And that's with our, the, our eyes centered on the front of our head. Um, you know, when people, when people, if you look at your nose, you look at your own nose, both of your eyes go in, and that's to focus on something close. And then when you look far off in the distance, they spread back out a little bit to, to kind of accommodate that whatever object is that's in the distance. So we can also, um, not just in appreciating beauty, but kind of from, more, uh, from a more druidic perspective, we can look at the elements. So we can look to the elements and see how we can perceive the elements in different forms. So if we look at water, for instance... Uh, we can see all the forms that it takes. We can see uh, rain and snow, sleet, ice, rivers, lakes, streams, or even uh, mud or, or fog that's hanging thick in the air. So there's a lot of different forms of water and other elements that may not come to us immediately, but when we think about it, we're able to perceive them through our sense of vision or sight. So if we look to fire, we can see the most common representations that would come to mind. So a fire in a fireplace at your home or a campfire, that kind of thing. But what about the, the fire of the sun and, and the rays of the sun coming through clouds or coming through a canopy of trees in the forest? Um, light is, a, is a, a sense of fire, albeit it's a different temperature, of course. Um, but we can also see, you know, if we think about the, the thawing effects of the sun, you know, on an early spring day. So um, the radiation from the sun is a sense of, it's a, it's a type of fire. Um, you know, when you get a sunburn, that is a type of fire causing an effect on you. Or we can also look at the, the microscopic um, representation of fire which is the metabolism in all living animals that keeps us alive. We have, a, we have fire going through us that keeps our body temperatures up and going at all times. So then we can look to the element of air, and, and this one may be difficult to see, um, but we can see its effects uh, pretty easily. You know, we see the breeze or the wind through the trees, um, or we can feel it on our skin, or we can see the destruction of a hurricane or a tornado or we can even see our breath, you know, on a cold, damp day. We can see the, the, our, our foggy breath coming out. Um, and then, of course, the element Earth, we can see everywhere. It's, the element of Earth is everywhere you look, uh, from stones and rocks to plants, trees, soil, you know, a, a tall mountain or a low valley. Um, you know, we can think of magma or lava or sand, or even items that are made of glass or clay, which are just a different representation of Earth. And if you didn't know, um, glass, all glass is, is uh, sand that has been heated up and, and kind of melted, and then it kind of coalesces together to form glass. So the elements are everywhere if we look, if we pay attention. Just, just pay attention to these things. And in Druidry, of course, we can see, we can see how valued our sense of sight is. So 
just the idea, if we think about it and step back, the idea of being able to read a book on Druidry or to be able to find this podcast or whatever, using your eyes and your sense of sight to navigate to and perceive and understand and to have a gateway into another world and to gain knowledge about things that we would otherwise have to learn by talking to someone uh, or observing someone else to do doing that thing. So you can sit down and read a whole book on Druidry and get a really deep understanding of what it is without ever even having practiced it or done it. So there is a sense of kind of disconnection. And, and you know, if we think about school or educational systems, um, a lot of it is about learning through vision rather than actually doing or experiencing, which, you know, before um, before the written word, that's the way people learned things. They, they observed and then they did, but they were also using their sense of sight to be able to do those things. But now, through the creation of language and, and written language, we were able to kind of open this whole other gateway into another world or other worlds. So we can also use our sense of vision to uh, gain different concepts of druidry or practices. So we can witness a ceremony or uh, in a ceremony or online or whatever, we can look and see what color robes someone is wearing. And we can, we can through our sense of uh, color distinction, we can see you know, at what grade someone is and, and, and then we can perceive and interpret what level of knowledge they supposedly have based on the color of their robes. Um, we can use our vision to look at different types of trees and plants around us, of course, which is a, a common practice in Druidry. Uh, we, can, we can use our sense of sight just in so many ways. And if we, if we kind of step back from this first-person perspective of, of uh, being, in the, being the observer... Um, so, you know, frequently we are, we feel like this sense of self that we have kind of sits right behind our eyes. Um, and like I was saying, our sense of vision is the most utilized, but likely, uh, the most underappreciated because we just take it for granted. We feel like our eyes are part of us. They're who we are. This, we see the world through our eyes and our sense of self kind of sits right behind our eyes. Um, but if we kind of disconnect from that, so rather than being the observer, if we step back and we observe the observer, I know that sounds weird, but uh, one phrase that I've heard before is uh, pulling up a chair in the back of your head and having a seat. So instead of existing in that seat of consciousness right behind your eyes seeing the world, if you kind of intellectually step back further into the back of your head and then you observe the observer so I'm watching myself look at this crow that is flying across the sky and landing I'm not just watching the crow I'm watching myself watch the crow so I don't know if that makes sense but it's kind of a really interesting kind of disconnection from that first person perspective it's kind of a third person perspective which helps you to appreciate um, what you have and, and appreciate the value of your sense of vision or sense of sight and by doing that, that can really help us to deepen our spiritual practice, whatever our spiritual practice. So we can kind of then get an insight into um, the actual kind of flow of the universe, the way things work, because we're, we're able to see and, and understand and interpret and make connections to things and to understand the importance of these things in our spiritual practice. So 
if we go and let's let's do a little exercise i guess if we go into a journey through the woods we can we can do this physically you know in actual physical space or if we can't do that we can do it in our mind and we can pay attention to the things that are around us that our sense of sight can perceive so i'll just kind of walk through a few things that i see when i go for a walk uh, at my local park where i go a lot of the times so in Druidry, it's, it's really encouraged, and I've talked about this before, to kind of find a place local to you that you can go to frequently, you know, at least for a year and a day. You know, theoretically, you would just continue this practice, but for a year and a day to observe all the changes around you. And you can observe how nature changes based on the time of the year and to observe the wheel of the year. And like I said, our most common way to do this is through our sense of sight. So when I, we're going to just kind of go through what I might encounter when I go to my local park. So I pull into the parking lot, and from the parking lot, I see a covered picnic area with a picnic table, a basketball court. There's a small little, it used to be a tennis court, uh, but they removed the nets because no one really around here plays tennis. And they put up some skateboard, you know, skate, it's like a little tiny skate park on a tennis court, basically. Um... And I see the trail going straight ahead, and it goes into the woods, trees on either side. Uh, On the left side of the trail, there's a creek that runs along the trail. And there's a bridge um, a couple of hundred feet from the parking lot. There's a bridge that crosses the creek that goes up into the woods up to a steep hill. Um, So I can take the straight path, which is kind of um, smooth gravel you know for people walking or riding bikes or I can take the path to the left which goes you know it's kind of jagged and rocky and muddy and dirty and goes off into the woods Uh, from the parking lot before I even get out of my car I can see how many people are there I can see how many cars are in the parking lot or how many people are under the picnic table or or under the picnic shelter I can see how many people have dogs because I frequently walk my dog Uh, she has a, a knee injury so if I see other dogs, I have to pick her up because she loves to run and try to get to the other dogs and her, her little kneecap pops out of place a lot and I have to put it back in place. So these are things that I can perceive to help me with my eyes to help me make decisions on what I want to do or what I need what I need to do in that moment. I can also look up. I can see the sky. I can look at the weather. Um, I can see if I need an umbrella, you know, or boots or sunscreen. Um... For instance, the other day, um, sometimes I will check the radar before I go because, um, you know, little rain showers can pop up from here to there, here from time to time. And I looked up and I, the clouds usually move from the park towards the parking lot. That's just, it's kind of oriented, you know, west to east. And I saw that the rain clouds had already passed over and were behind me. And I know that that's the east and I know that that's the way the weather usually goes. So without even looking at the radar, I knew that at this time it's not going to rain while I go for a walk because I've been there before and I get to the parking lot, I look up at the sky and it's very dark and gray back in that area. And then sure enough, I'll pull up uh, a weather app and look at the radar and I say, oh, there's a little pocket of rain that's going to come. Do I want to go for a walk or do I want to just sit here? And I can look at the sky and, and tell that. So I can look at the trees um, to see what season it is. You know, I already know what season it is ahead of time, of course. Um, but this is a, just a description of 
you know, the many different things that you can see just, just from, from one area. You know, I can tell if the trees are bare, you know, it's winter. It's likely to be cold. Um, you know, I can see if there's snow on the ground. If I see that the trees are bright green, you know, it's likely summer. If they're brown or yellow, you know, it's likely fall. Um, if there are bright flowers and small leaves, I can tell that it's spring. And this also kind of gives me an idea of what to expect when I go on this walk or the things that I might want to pay attention to or to look for or try to connect with. And so also, um, and I don't know if, if you've ever done this, but it's, it's a really kind of a fun thing to do in Druidry. Um, a lot of Druids kind of get used to, uh, you know, we know the directions, north, south, east, and west, and we learn where the sun is. Um, and I don't, if you've never done this, it's, it's pretty interesting. I remember doing it years and years and years ago, but, you know, I do it all the time now. Um, you know, just looking up at the sun and, and estimating what time of day it is. And usually you, once you get in a practice of it, you can usually do this within, you know, within an hour or two of, of, of your, whatever your clock or your watch is saying. So, you know, without looking at my watch, I can pull up to the parking lot. I can look at the sun in its relationship to the horizon and I can kind of know what time of day it is. I can know, you know, based on how high the sun is above the hills, uh, I can decide how long I may have to walk. Um, that I that I can actually be out there in the woods, um, you know. I at this location specifically, I learned it pretty early. Um, the park has very steep hills, and I got there kind of late, and the sun was up on you know right at the horizon of the hilltop. And I, but I looked at my watch, you know, and I was like, oh, well, sunset's not for two hours or whatever. So I started going for a walk, um, you know. And while there may still be two hours of daylight out on you know a flat the flatland around this area when you get into the valleys in between the mountains or the hills it gets dark much earlier and the woods will get dark even when it's still not even sunset so I, I learned that lesson pretty early and was out in the woods and the sun had set behind the mountains and it got dark even though it wasn't really sunset yet so um, I can look at that and kind of tell like oh you know I've got an hour or oh I've got plenty of time or I, I need to be kind of quick because the sun's going to set um, you know, I may also be able to look at the moon in the sky and I can tell, you know, kind of roughly where we are in the month. Um, you know, these days that's not necessary, but in the past, um, you know, the moon goes on 28 day cycles. So people would, would kind of be able to tell what season it was going to be, or, um, just, just looking at the moon, knowing if, if, um, a lot of people would use the moonlight as a way to, have vision at night, you know, instead of carrying a torch around, you know, thousands of years ago. So you can look to the moon and say, oh yeah, it's a full moon. Um, you know, we had a full moon two days ago, which was uh, the day after Christmas. Um, and, you know, and that's another thing, if you've not really thought about that. So what makes a full moon a full moon? I don't know if you've ever even thought about it. So if you envision the earth, um, a full moon is when the sun is on one side of the earth and the moon is on the other side of the earth. So you can, uh, the, the, the moon is reflecting the light of the sun back to the earth and you can track the moon through its phases. So, um, a full moon almost always, you, well, always, uh, a full moon will rise on the horizon opposite of where the sun sets. So usually a full moon will rise in the east. So, and it's usually at sunset when you'll see it. So if you, if you've not ever tracked that, it's pretty interesting to learn about the, the sun and the moon cycle. 
I'm sorry I'm getting off track, but these, these are all just amazing things you can simply use your, use your eyes for. So, you know, and if we think about it as druids in today's world, we, we, we have all these tools that help us keep track of these things. We have watches, we have calendars, but part of druidry is connecting to kind of our ancient culture and our ancient heritage, wherever you're from. And, and humans, wherever they were from in the world, used all of these practices. This is not specific to druidry. But as druids, we, we seek to connect to nature and to understand and to use these things. So it's like it builds this deeper connection to the earth rather than looking at your watch and saying, oh, I've, I've got 10 minutes till sunset and I don't care where the moon is. Like, okay, you're done. You know, there, that's, a, that's all about efficiency. But if I'm standing in the parking lot, I can look at the sun and say oh the sun's going to set soon but the, it, i know it's a full moon and the moon should be coming up which will give me some light you know so it's just an interesting way to interact with the world based on using your sense of sight so as i start my walk into the woods i can decide if i want to go on this main path you know gravel smooth gravel path or if i want to go off into the woods and they lead to different places of course um, the dirt rock trail is pretty steep but it's less likely to have people on it so I will choose this trail a lot of times because I enjoy the solitude and I like to let my dog just walk and explore. And either trail I take, um, I've developed a habit of looking for different things along the walk. And so depending on the season, I may see different things as I go along the walk. So, you know, it's, it's specifically talking about the sense of sight for this episode or sense of vision. Um, as you go for walks, whether you're in the city or, you know, in the woods or whatever, use your sense of vision and do that thing where you put a chair in the back of your head and observe the observer. See what you are looking at and think about why you are looking at that. Why does that pique your interest? Um, what is it about a hollowed out dead oak tree that, that draws your interest to that or, or a bird or seeing animals interact or whatever it is? So if we look to the, the plant kingdom, for instance, um, you know, if I'm going on a walk or if you are or just, you know, just thinking about it in general, if we look at the plant kingdom in the spring, I might enjoy looking at all the new blooms on the trees and the flowering plants. I am aware, you know, of the, the, the process and the cycle of nature. So things are starting to bloom, things are starting to flower. So I may start look, looking for insects like bees and butterflies, um, you know, looking, looking for the early signs of spring. Um, depending on where we are in the seasons. Um, you know, and that's another thing to talk about is, you know, we talked about insects having different senses of vision and, you know, different numbers of eyes and seeing things differently. And, you know, a lot of bees or, or other um, pollinating insects, their sense of vision is acutely adjusted so that, that flowers stand out very brightly in their vision so that they can easily tell where they are and they can fly right to them to, to get what they need to get their pollen and get their food where they colors are nice for us but they are like hyper hyper focused for insects so pretty interesting so back to nature so if i'm walking through the woods and it's spring you know maybe i see around here i see those uh little i call we call them green onions here i don't know you know what they may be but it's like usually february march very early spring the grass may still be brown, but you'll see these little clumps of, of green, and they're just, it'll be a lot of tall, um, taller than the grass, really thin, just green shoots coming up out of the ground. And and that's a, a, an early sign of spring for me, which always gets me excited. So, um, you know, we can also look at 
um, water, like um, um, areas of water. So where the water's not moving, so a pond or a lake or something like that, you may see um, a blanket of pollen over these areas. Um, you know, in the summer, maybe maybe I'm looking around at the leaves on the trees and the plants that have fully fully bloomed and come out, or all the beautiful flowers, or or even the I may notice looking around the the start of uh, fruits or 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 nuts like acorns on trees in the summer are starting to to come out to get ready for fall, and you know then we go on to fall. So maybe I'm looking at the first signs of fall. So um, fall is typically, I, it's always been my favorite season. I just love the colors and the temperature change, um, you know, but I'm learning to get used to all the seasons and love all the seasons and appreciate them for what they are. Um, but, you know, in, in that transition from summer to fall, you know, maybe in August, um, even in August this year, I noticed because I was really looking for it, you might start to see the the leaves at the tops of trees or on the outer edges of the trees, um, usually at the tops. The, the, the really deep dark green will start to slowly transition to a lighter green. They haven't turned yellow or brown or red or anything like that. But when you think about that process, you can look at a tree and, and tell, oh, you know, it's fall is coming soon because the, the tree starts to kind of recess and regress into itself because it's preparing to conserve its energy for the winter. And it's a very long, slow process. You know, we usually think of fall is, is maybe just a few weeks like oh yep the leaves are now the leaves are yellow and orange and whatever and now they're off the trees and now it's winter you know but you can start to notice in in late summer you know whichever hemisphere you're in um that the the very tips of the trees will just slowly start to change and transition and color it and i it was weeks and weeks and weeks as i watched um the trees in some of my local park i would i would observe them you know every time i'd go out there looking for those uh first signs so, um, you know, in the fall, we can also start to look and see the acorns on the ground. If you have, if you have oak trees around you, I love seeing those. Um, you know, I remember last year walking through my park and, and I went through this one section and the whole trail was just covered in acorns. Just, I mean, hundreds or thousands of acorns. And it's amazing to think, you know, how many of those fall down, but how many actually turn into trees or go, you know, turn into food for animals and that kind of thing. And I had a friend, um, he told me last year in the fall because I was we we take pictures and and send pictures to each other of, of different things we see in nature, and you know if you don't do that that's a really cool thing because it's it's just a way to experience different things and have a connection with another human being, and maybe even in their their different environment and just sharing sharing the beauty of nature with each other. But we I sent pictures of all these acorns. I would pick them up and you know there's green ones and brown ones and you know different stages of development that kind of thing. Um, and he told me that the, in Virginia they do a program where you can go out and gather acorns and they will, uh, you can take in bags of acorns and they have a program where they will take these and then they will go out and plant them to try to plant more trees. So I thought that was really cool. Instead of letting them all, you know, of course some animals need them. Um, but you know, a lot of times they just sit on the ground and kind of rot and then, and then don't turn into anything. They, their nutrients return to the soil, but they don't actually become trees. So it's a very cool program. So, as we go through, uh, you know, fall transitioning to winter, um, when you're in the forest and you're looking through the forest, um, you know, usually there's a lot of bushes and undergrowth and that kind of thing, and it's really hard to see very far at all. But you can see these these plants slowly starting to die back, and and um, you know, 
this transition into winter, which I, I winter I'm learning to really appreciate too, because all of this greenery that was blocking the view where you can only see a few feet, you know, into the woods. Now you can just see, I mean, you can see hundreds and hundreds of feet up, you know, off in the distance now, almost to the horizon pretty much. Cause there's, there's no tree uh, leaves and plants and undergrowth blocking your view. So winter is, um, and also a cool time that I have learned to appreciate. Um, you can really use your sense of sight to look at the structure of trees. So winter can be a time that's kind of very gloomy and a lot of people don't enjoy it. But if you go out into the forest and you look at trees, it's all about how you interpret and perceive where they are in that stage. You can just see them as dead, you know, or dying or, you know, sleeping or whatever you want to say. But to look at a tree and to see how it goes from its trunk up to its limbs and then branches out, and it's just constantly separating and spreading and putting out. And then you can think about all of those branches that have all those beautiful leaves on them in the in the in the spring, summer, and fall. It's it's really a, a wonderful way to use your sense of sight and sense of vision. And you know, also when you're out in the winter, um, if you're in the forest, you can see just how many trees are down. I never really thought about this. Um, but the past few years since I've really been working, getting into my druidry and appreciating nature more, I, th- when I go to my local park, there are just downed trees and downed logs everywhere. And I don't know if it's because the hills are so steep around here, you know, so the ground gets kind of unstable and then the trees fall. But they're just everywhere. And it's it's in the summer, you can't see these unless you come right across it. Because if you're on a trail, you can't see far into the woods. But if I'm on a trail and I can see hundreds of feet in every direction on these hills. There are downed trees everywhere. And it's really kind of a beautiful thing to think about. So, you know, let's look at where you live. Um, Think about even just driving around or walking or whatever. What do you see from season to season? What visual cues do you notice as the seasons transition from one to the next? So maybe you live in an area that is really well known for farming um, you know, if it's really flat and there's just crops everywhere, you don't have a lot of trees or forests, you can you can see the crops and you can get an idea on how they're doing and what season it is. Um, maybe you live in an area, you know, where you grow corn, so you can see the corn stalks starting, starting to come up, and then you can see them in, in late summer and fall when they're ready for harvest or when they've already been cut down or, you know, made into corn mazes. Um, you know, when you're walking around, out in the out in in nature you know what time of year where you are what time of year do blackberries or blueberries or strawberries start to grow um do you know what the difference between poison ivy and poison oak is can you identify those plants and know that you should avoid them um what time of year do mushrooms grow where you live or where do they grow um you know are they growing out in the open is it a fairy ring or is it um, a type of mushroom that's growing on a downed tree log um, or under under a, un, the undersurface of a tree log or maybe even growing on a tree. You know, get out get out in nature and explore and, and use your sense of vision to interpret all of these things and just develop connections and understandings of these, these interactions between all these things in nature. But of course you want to be gentle. You don't want to disturb it. You don't want to cause destruction to the environment. You don't want to bother the animals that live in that local ecosystem. You want to preserve the ecosystem. You just want to get out there and observe it. Because as druids, we are visitors. 
um, you know, we are we are there for a sense of appreciation and connection. So, you know, I talked about this before, but as you enter these spaces, you 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 kind of want them to feel sacred to you. You want them to um, be a sense of peace and connection and and tranquility and beauty. So, you know, I always stop before I go into these places and thank thank whatever I'm going into. I thank the forest or thank the park or thank the trees or the river or, you know, in the animism episode, I kind of talked about it, but I, I, I look at the forest or the fields or just earth in general as a source of connection rather than a resource to be kind of exploited. So a lot of people may go, for instance, this Creek that I go to and I can see it, um, the Creek in the park. A lot of people let their dogs go down there. Uh, they let their kids go play in it. And of course that's fine. But a lot of people will pry up rocks and pry up boulders. And, you know, they will, I, and, you know, I'm talking about this because I can use my sense of vision to see these things. And I see, you know, they stack rocks up and or, or use rocks and make these little miniature dams and that kind of thing. So we are, we are inflicting our own humanistic ego and will onto this natural environment and causing destruction and we're changing the ecosystem. So I can see these things and learn from them and decide how I want to approach nature. And for me, I like to approach nature with a sense of reverence and appreciation. So, you know, that's up to you to decide how you want to see and interpret your environment wherever you go. So we can also use our sense of vision to learn from the animal kingdom. Um, What are the animals doing you know, near you in the different seasons. So, you know, looking at squirrels, for instance, are the squirrels, are they playing and chasing, you know, each other and having fun? And, you know, is it, is it like mating season or are, do you see them on the ground scurrying around looking for nuts and bearing nuts, preparing for the winter? You know, what are the deer doing? Um, if you have deer near you, are they, are they fighting, you know, are the males, do they, the males have their antlers? You can use your eyes to see that. That tells you what season it is and, and what the deer are doing the deer develop antlers to fight each other for the right to mate, you know, or do you look around and see, you don't see any antlers, but you see all these little fawns with their white spots on them. So that tells you that it's, it's spring. Um, what about the birds? You know, which, excuse me, which direction are the geese flying? So if you have geese near you or you see them flying overhead and honking, which direction are they going? Uh, do you see butterflies? Do you see bees? Um, you know, like the monarch butterflies, they migrate south every winter. So, you know, if you see a sudden influx of the butterflies, you know that the season is getting ready to transition. It doesn't, the seasons don't go by a calendar specifically. So in Druidry, we learn to pay attention to our local environment. So, you know, even with the wheel of the year, um, we will celebrate on, you know, certain dates, but these dates don't always align with what we see around us. So for instance, like um, Lunasad or Samhain, you know, which are these harvest festivals, it may not actually be time where you live uh, to harvest the things that are supposed to be harvested around that time. So we have to use, you know, pe- there are people that are these experts using their sense of vision to see, well, things are not quite ripe yet. It's not time or, oh, yep, we need to go harvest. It's time, even though it's not on a calendar or, or whatever. So just using your sense of vision um, to, and, and again, looking to the animals and the plants. So, you know, are, are the bees, are there bees around you? Are they busy? Are they, or are they, um, you know, diminishing in number? Um, I remember one year it was late summer 
and I came outside and, and I have a, we have a small deck where we live and there was just a little bee, um, just, just laying there and it wasn't moving and it was kind of chilly. And I thought, Oh wow. So this is, it's, you know, the season is transitioning. It's starting to turn into, into the, uh, the, the fall, you know, they're going to go, they're going to die off. And, you know, I picked it up and I kind of pet it a little bit and was kind of blowing on it just to see if it would come back to life. And finally it kind of woke up and it, and it flew off. You know, of course I know it didn't live very long, but it's just a beautiful experience, you know, um, just, just seeing what the insects are doing, what the animals are doing, it gives you an idea of the seasons and where you are in the seasons. And I talked about this uh, in a different episode. You know, um, I was walking through uh, a different park, and I, I, there were spider webs just everywhere, and I didn't understand why. And I noticed um, I was looking it up, and apparently this time of year is when all the spiders really, really start being super active. And I, I didn't know that, and, and that's something that I learned. I observed it, and then I looked it up, and then. I, I learned about it. So, you know, um, maybe where you live, there are, um, cicadas, um, or, you know, katydids, or they have all different kinds of names, but the really loud insects that come on those like seven or 12 or 14 year cycles or whatever they are, you know, sometimes you can look around and see their, their shells attached to different trees or plants or structures where they've, they've molted and gotten rid of their, their shell so they can grow into a bigger, a bigger size. You know, and we can look to um, we can look at other structures in nature. Um, you know, when we look into a creek or a river or a lake, you know, we can see the animals in there. Do you do you see tadpoles or do you hear the large frogs? You know, that can kind of let you know what's going on in the cycle of nature there. Um, do you see fish eggs? Um, you know, just all all different kinds of things in different environments. So we don't only look at these things to see the time of the year we can also just simply appreciate their beauty you know we can learn about these things in books or videos or podcasts or whatever but getting out there and observing them and 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 witnessing them firsthand using your your vision and your sense of sight is a completely different connection so uh, just another little story so um, every day i drive home um, there are a few a few specific places that there are usually deer um, out and, you know, grazing, and it depends on the time of the day. And as the seasons have changed, you know, my work schedule is the same. So, you know, in the summer when I'm coming home, it might still be two or three hours until daylight. I mean, until sunset, sorry. And, you know, the deer may not be out yet because the deer usually come out right around sunrise, sunset, right after the sunrise and right after sunset. And during the day, they kind of uh, bed down. And at night, they bed down. Um, But you know, as the seasons changed, I, I, I missed it. So, you know, in the summer, I don't really get to see the deer too much. And then, you know, in the fall, oh, now every day when I drive home, I see the deer. And then now that it's winter, I'm driving home and it's dark and the deer aren't there and I miss them. You know, I really, I develop this connection and I look for them and I, I, it just brings me such joy to see them at certain, certain times of the year. And, you know, animals are habitual like us and we can witness this by watching them. So, they follow kind of a general outline for their day. And if you learn these patterns in different animals, you can go to different places and observe the animals. So sometimes when you go into an area, the animals may stop what they're doing. So like if you're walking through the woods, you know, maybe you don't hear much in the way of the animals, you know. But if if you make yourself still and you sit down and, you know, lean against a tree or just stand still and don't move, you'll slowly start to hear the sound of wildlife doing its thing you know they'll 
if you if you are quiet and still, they can sense that you're not there to harm them, and then they'll just go about their business. And I remember, um, for instance, as a teenager, um, I was um, I was hunting. Um, I was up in a tree stand, and I only went hunting a few times. I've told that story before, but this was a just a different time. And and I'm up in this tree stand, and I've you know. I heard something. I was maybe 12 or 13 at the time, but I heard something and I looked down and this squirrel climbed up a tree that the tree stand was leaning against. And it just, you know, and it was kind of doing its thing, pittering, you know, scooting up the tree in little steps. Um, I didn't move. I didn't want to scare him. Um, but I, you know, I was, like I said, I was really young, 12, 13 years old, but I knew that this was a really special moment because I'd never experienced this before. And he climbed up the tree and he was very cautious and he was this bright red squirrel, which I had never seen before. You know, the squirrels around here are usually brown, but there are uh, some red squirrels. And, you know, and he, he got up the tree and he was kind of looking at me. And there were, there were a couple of trees around me. Um, but he was, I could tell he was looking at me. He was like, what are you? Or who? what are you doing here? And, you know, I just sat still and I had camouflage on and I had like a little mask on. And it was, I'm sure it was like, what? You're not, per- like, what are you? I can't figure you out. And, you know, I just kept still and I just, you know, in my mind, I just, I was like, it's okay. I'm not, I'm not going to bother you. I'm, I'm sorry. This is your, this is your house. I don't want to bother you. You know, I'm just, I'm just here, you know, do your thing. And the, the little squirrel just kept going up and down the tree and then it, it would circle around the back and it run up to the top of the tree and then it'd come back down. And then it, it kind of came right around and stopped at my head level. And I had on like a, I think I had on like a camouflage mask. So I, I'm sure it was really odd. And I remember it making eye contact with me for maybe 20 or 30 seconds. And it was like one to two feet away from my head. I mean, it was just, it was just right there. And it was such a strange, but beautiful experience. And if you pay attention to these things and you're still, when you go into nature, you will encounter these things. You know, there's a lot of people that, um, call birds and feed birds and get the birds to get used to them and feed them from their hands. You know, we can have this beautiful, mutually beneficial relationship with animals if we just pay attention and, and, and develop patience and, and come without a sense of wanting to harm them and connect with them. So wherever you are, you know, maybe you've had some experiences with animals. Um, you know, using your sense of sight and sense of vision, have you had these experiences or deep connections with animals and been able to, to see them in their environment? So there's so many things that we can see that help us to connect to nature. So we can think of, you know, a beautiful sunset or a night sky full of stars or the full moon. Uh, We can see these big wide vistas from a mountaintop looking over a forest or uh, the vast expanse of a desert even. Um, You know, or even just a weed growing in a sidewalk um, in a city. We can see life and nature persevering and growing and you know everywhere we look we can feel connected to nature but we have to become aware of our sense of sight and we have to think about what it is that we're actually seeing and then of course um, sadly there are things that we don't want to see in nature but we we see them and we can if we look at it from a druid perspective we can appreciate it and feel connected to it and understand it and and learn from it and learn about the cycle of nature so in my area we have so many animals, um, you know, anywhere you drive, you're likely to see animals that have been hit by cars, sadly. Um, the, around here, the most common would be like deer, raccoons, opossums, that kind of thing. The most common one is deer because there are so many deer in this area. 
and I'm sorry if you hear that my little dog is making a, a blanket or making a bed with uh, a blanket a little blanket right beside me so um but in in my area there's so many deer just on the side of the road sadly that have been hit by cars you know and and when you think about it kind of from a philosophic philosophical perspective are we encroaching on their land is this their land and we are coming in and and taking it over condensing them into these tiny pockets in these small areas or are they encroaching our on our land you know so you, I'm not saying one is right or wrong, but it's it's just an interesting question. So, you know, driving down this road, this road may have been here for 50 years or 100 years or whatever. But out where I am, there is so much just wide open land and fields and woods and that kind of thing. You know, how does the deer know that this little 12 foot wide section of the land is not safe? You know, they can run for miles and be completely fine, but then all of a sudden they pop out of the woods and there's this little 12 foot wide section of pavement and oh, all of a sudden this is like a death zone, you know? So it's, it's really, it's really sad to think about, you know, but what do we do? Do we stop driving? Do we say, oh, we can't drive cars because there's, you know, animals that are getting hit, you know, well, we still have to function and it's a very egotistical humanistic way to see the world, but that's how society is today. And if you live in a city, you may not really experience this that much. Um, but it, it seems like a really strange thought to think about. But, you know, a lot of times as a human and as a druid, the, by seeing the things that we can lose or, or, or can escape from us or whatever, um, you know, it's, it helps us to see what we actually have. So, you know, if we see all these dead animals, sadly, it can make us appreciate the animals that we do see that are alive. And it can make us appreciate being alive and to have gratitude for that. So just to share a story um i was driving to work the other day um going up through these through these mountains and um it had snowed maybe an inch or two just a very light dusting on the ground wasn't very much but i came around the corner and there was this deer that laying on the side of the road that i had seen you know i saw it a few days before and it's of course it's been there and it and i don't know how to explain it without sound sounding weird or or crass or whatever but it was such a beautiful scene because you know there's this this white blanket of snow there's this road and then there's this little gap of grass and then there's this beautiful creek and it's just surrounded by mountains but this along this smooth uh, blanket of snow on the side of the road there's this little area that's disrupted and it's because this deer is laying there with with snow on it you know and and deep inside, I know that that deer that is not is no longer in that body. That that deer is no longer, you know, quote suffering. It is not suffering in that spot. So I don't, um, you know, I don't feel sad for the deer, and think, oh my gosh, this poor deer is laying there. It's dead. You know, it's it's you know covered in snow and it's cold. It's the deer is no longer inhabiting that body. Like when we die, we are no longer in our physical body. We are somewhere else wherever else that is that's up to you to perceive but but the sight of seeing that deer on the side of the road covered in this snow and it just looked so beautiful and I can't explain it and I know it sounds really strange but it also helped me to appreciate the cycle of life and to to think about you know the cycle of life and death and rebirth and that that the 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 elements and the constituent elements that make up that deer are going to you know leach into the earth and provide nutrients to that earth and help the 
help the grass and the plants in that area grow better. And, and these are things that I, I couldn't appreciate before. You know, but when I saw that, I, I, I had this thought of, wow, that could be me. You know, like maybe that was me in some other past life or maybe that could be me in the future. Um, you know, I, I, it helped me to be thankful for where I, where I was. You know, I'm in this warm car. I'm heading to a job to provide to, for my family. And in that moment of connection with that deer and the snow and the environment, I just had this really deep sense of, of gratitude and like uh, connection and understanding about the cycle of nature. And I got all of this just by using my eyes and then per- perceiving that and then thinking about it. And, and we can look at animals and we can think about the decay that occurs uh, when an animal dies and we can be happy for the other animals and the other plants and the other things that are going to survive due to its death. And that's the cycle of everything, the cycle of the earth, the cycle of plants, the cycle of trees. You know, we can be happy for, we can be sad for the deer, but we can be happy for the bacteria and the insects and, and the carrion birds that now have a meal. They can survive, you know. This one animal died in very unfortunate circumstances, um, but there are so many more animals that are able to live from the remnants of its body. And this may gross some people out, but it is part of the cycle of birth, life, death, and rebirth. You know, we are all built of these components that are just arranged in different structures. That's what our bodies are. You know, um, scientifically, the, th- the theory is that nothing is either created nor destroyed. Energy is not created or destroyed. It just changes form. It, it is arranged in a different form of molecules and expressed differently. So Druidry has helped me to really appreciate this cycle and to, to see things from a different uh, kind of an appreciative uh, perception of things rather than having like an emotional reaction to a situation. So rather than seeing a deer on the side of the road, and getting upset and frustrated and sad and you know oh thinking humans are bad and we need to stop driving car you know i can go down this path or i can just look at it from a sense of appreciation and beauty and awe and and wonder and gratitude and that's and thanks to druidry i'm able to get that from the things that i see using my sense of sight so our eyes let us perceive the world in so many ways and we can appreciate beauty we can read Uh, learn things. We can develop understanding. We can make judgments or assessments by using our sense of sight. Uh, We can hunt. You know, a lot of people don't think of this, but when you go to the grocery store, you are hunting. You're hunting for food. You are hunting for things to sustain your body and your family. Um, The only difference is, you know, thousands of years ago, people did this out in nature. Um, You know, if you're gardening, you're hunting. If you have a garden or you're growing a tomato plant on your deck, you are checking that plant. You are making sure it's alive. And when it's ready, your eyes tell you and your, your understanding that you've gained through using your sense of sight tells you, ah, yes, that tomato is ready. Uh, or if you're at the grocery store, you can tell what fruit or vegetables uh, are safe to eat. You know, this is all through using your sense of sight. Um, you know, other examples, um, we, can, we can come to the aid of others by using our sense of sight, which is a kind of a good a a druid thing you know um i was walking my dog the other day and um she was just off in the weeds a little bit i have a retractable leash for her and um i was um i was just looking off at a tree or something i was just looking off away from her and her leash got trapped in a small like section of a tree branch 
and this tree was down and she was like sniffing the log or something. So I was looking away and I heard her whimper and I looked over, you know, and the, 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 the look of sheer terror that was on her face and her eyes immediately snapped me out of what I was doing and brought me to attention to come to her aid. You know, if I didn't, if I didn't have my sense of sight, I could not see that and interpret that and react and respond to help someone else. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of videos out there of people seeing animals that are in despair. They're trapped, and, and the people come to their aid. And, and we can witness so many things like this. Um, we, can, we can be present and help other beings because of our sense of vision. We can see a lot of other beautiful things in life. We can, we can see the birth of other animals. We can see the birth of perhaps our own child or... If we have dogs that, you know, they're having puppies or cats that are having kittens and we can help and we can see and we can be there for them. We can share the wonder of nature with other people, um, the people we care about. You know, we can see a sunrise or a sunset. And then this can lead to us just talking about the change of the seasons and what we like and, you know, how to share and connect with these seasons and how we do work these things into our own lives. So of all the senses that we have, our sense of vision is the sense that we use the most to perceive the world. And, you know, in your Druid practice, I would really just encourage you to, you know, get out there and when you look at things, to try to look deeply, not just with your eyes. Don't just look with your eyes. Take in what you see with your eyes and try to see it kind of intellectually or spiritually. And in, by seeing things this way, uh, we can bring a very deep sense of spiritual connection to our lives and we can appreciate the wonder and the beauty that's all around us. So thank you for listening. I know this was a long episode and had a lot of different tangents in it, but um, our sense of vision is just so important to us, and and we use it in Druidry. And I hope this has helped you, and thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much for joining in at the Druid's Grove. I thoroughly enjoyed sharing this time and information with you. I hope you learned something and are inspired to build a connection to the earth and the world around you. If you liked what was shared, please feel free to give back at Buy Me a Coffee. Join me on Substack, where I have transcripts, or listen on YouTube, and find the group on social media. For more information, check the show notes. I'll see you in the Grove. Until next time.